Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the Bullseye Show brought to you by Archie's on Carson Street. Get down to Archie's, the official chicken ring of the fan. Archie's home of 80 Cent Wings, Monday through Thursday, home of the Paul's Ice. Grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, Twitter brought to you by Southfields Chrysler. Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township or visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. So, we had Jason Mackey on a little bit ago. And we talked about the Pirates. And um, here's the thing I would tell you. I don't know exactly how good the Pirates are. I know everybody wants to try and, you know, read into what's happened. And, oh, well, they're still in first place. It's early in June, yada, yada. Um, Again, I still am sticking with my prediction before the season that they were a 75-win team. I feel like we get into the second half of the season, they'll probably fall off a little bit. They're just not that deep, really. That's the biggest thing when it comes to baseball. You have to be deep, and they're just not that deep. So I feel like, you know what, at some point it's going to show up. It might be gradual, but at the end of the day, I look at them as a 75-win team, which, you know what, if they go 75 in 87, that would be a significant upgrade from last year. And I would tell you that I think that, that that basically, you know what, they're on the right track because a number of the guys, if they're going to win 75 games, have to be guys that are probably the, the contributors are probably guys that are going to be back next year. You know, whatever you think, the team is still built around Reynolds, Sawinski, Hayes, right? Now, I will say, you know, Andrew McCutcheon probably, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a guy that's going to be back. By the same token, if he's playing next year, I'll be shocked if he's not in a Pirates uniform. I really will. Because to me, he's a guy that probably, if he wants to continue to play, there's only one team he wants to play for. He doesn't want to leave town anymore. So if you have him back... That's a third really good player that you've got. I mean, I think, you know, that that's the case. G1 Bay is what he is. Rodolfo Castro is what he is. To Capita, Marcano is what he is. I get it. Connor Joe probably is what he is. But I do think Sawinski and Reynolds and 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 you know what? If you if you add McCutcheon. And then you have Hayes, who all of a sudden has figured out how to hit. You've got a pretty good nucleus of players for next year. 
But the question always comes back to, and really it comes back to this, okay, to be honest. Even this year, even this year, I'm going to say this. It still comes down to what exactly, what exactly is management going to do to add to whatever happens, whether it's this year before the trade deadline or it's next year in the or this year in the offseason, what exactly are the Pirates going to do to take that next step? That's what I would know. That's what I would love to know. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's going to be what really sets the Pirates apart. I mean, we can sit here and talk all day about all of their development of players and their draft picks and their trades for prospects and how great their their their, their farm system is. But guess what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the only thing that really, really matters is what are they going to add when it comes down to, okay, now we're going to add some players or we need to add some players. Now we're at a place where we're knocking at the door. Guess what? You have to add players. They're going to get you over the top. And if you don't, then guess what? All of this is an exercise in futility. And I hate to be like that, but I'm just telling you, that's the truth. If you are not willing to, not able to, go out and basically add some players that are going to make you a better organization, a better team, etc. Then your ceiling as to how good you actually can be, it, there is a ceiling there. Because it's pie in the sky stuff to believe you can put together an organization and have enough guys come through the system and all the other stuff that happens to get better. It's pie in the sky stuff to believe that that's going to be enough to get you over the top. So to me, as long as you understand that as an organization, and as long as you embrace that, I'm okay with it. But for instance, if you get to this trade deadline this year and you're still in first place, and you're resistant to make a move because it means that you have to give up a prospect or two, to me, you're not doing yourself or your fans a service. You're doing them a disservice. And I mean that. And in the offseason, say this team finishes with 78, 79 wins, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go out and add a couple of pieces to legitimately try and get this team over the top. That's what happens to me. That's what I believe, actually. And that's probably where the disconnect is with the fans and the Pirates front office and ownership group. 
It's not that, well, we've got to cut a guy or we've got to do this or we can't sign a guy because it costs too much money. It's we have an opportunity to get there, but we, we refuse to spend the, uh, the money. We refuse to spend the money or the draft capital, I'm sorry, the, the, the trade capital or whatever in order to get us there. If that's the way that you're talking about it, that's why there's a disconnect, period. Anyway, coming up, we've got Dan Kongerski. It's 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Sarkis Card of the Week from Baseball Card Castle from Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday, 12 p.m. at 937thefan.com. Contesting page. Well, you know what? It uh, just came across. Uh, it just came across my Twitter feed that the Rangers and Peter uh, Peter Laviolette are gaining momentum, and of course, that would qualify as hockey news. And who better to talk to than our good friend from Pittsburgh Hockey Now? Uh, that would be, of course. Uh, Dan Kongerski. Hi, Dan. Paul Z. Dangerously. How are you? Uh, I'm not very good. I just actually saw something pop up on my timeline that Stan Saverin died, so that's not good either. Uh, no. Oh, my. Um, Paul, let me take a moment. Because um, when I first got into Pittsburgh sports radio, uh, I was a producer and doing like, like the, the news updates on Stan's show. 
And what an absolute professional that he was. He, you know, he, I, I just learned so much from sitting in the next room. I, I respected and admired him so greatly. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked by that news. I, I hadn't seen that yet. Yeah, and well, literally, so I sorry. mean, Dan, when I say literally it came across uh, two minutes ago, it, it came across two day, two minutes ago. That's just... It's really, really like you said. He's he was a guy that was amazingly, um, you know. Just you know to, let, let me tell you a story about Stan. How's that? Okay, go ahead. Uh, now this is going back in the lock Penguins locker room to when Mario brought in some of his buddies because you know the Penguins were terrible and and Mark Bergevin was one of the, the Penguins defensemen. And you know Mark Bergevin's personality. That guy you know could light up a room and and cut it up at the same time. So Stan had this this leather Merlot jacket on. And he's doing a, like a, an interview, like, you know, kind of a media scrum, but basically he's running it with, with Bergevin in the, you know, the old bowels of the Mellon Arena. We were all kind of, you know, standing around, you know, watching this, this unfold. And Bergevin is just tearing him to shreds over this jacket. But he's doing it within the context of his answers. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the... The boys, we were we were in St. Louis. We were deciding who was going to play for the jacket, and, and he just kept peppering in, in all of his responses about the jacket. About the third or fourth time, Stan just breaks and just busts out laughing, and, and we were all just you know in tears watching Bergman have his way with with Stan. And I don't know that Stan ever wore the jacket again, but it was just you know athlete having respect for for somebody who had earned it like like Stan. Yeah, it's just a shame. It really is. And, of course, um, you know, it's not a surprise. I was told on Thursday night he was moved, you know, out of the hospital to hospice care, that he hadn't been doing good. So you kind of knew it was inevitable, but it's still. Uh, it doesn't doesn't necessarily make it any easier. Uh, because well, I, I share Pittsburgh sports fans' sorrow and certainly send my own. Right, absolutely. But anyway, um, and that's a shame. But anyway, uh, uh, trying to move forward. Um, okay, so they hire Cal, Gu- uh, Cal Dubas, and I'm talking about the Penguins. Have they done any other things to enhance their, uh, uh, you know, the rest of their front office? Or are they still looking for people? Well, if they have, they haven't announced it yet. I would assume uh, Kyle is getting to know his analytics department, maybe adding some folks that won't get a press release, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, he, he cleared out some, some folks, uh, Tina Murray being one, you know, uh, first week on the job. She was the head of sports science. She was overseeing the trainers. She was doing those sorts of things and had only been on the job a year. She came like, as kind of like this, uh, I don't quite know how to describe her, but, you know, very highly regarded in the industry is with her work as the Sacramento Kings cutting edge stuff. I guess it just didn't work with the Penguins. Uh, so so they've, they kind of eliminated that position. And I don't know of any ads to this point. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing, the big thing to me is, you know, forget about who he's going to put around him in his front office. Uh, we really need to get moving forward, right, in terms of figuring out what the next step is. And I would think that would be uh, what he's really focused on is how do you make this roster better 
with all of the no trade clauses, with all of the contracts that are that seem to be tough to move, uh, with the age that they have and all the other stuff, how do you make it better? Well, I, I think that's a it's actually a possibility. Now look, it's gonna it's gonna require a little bit of luck as well. And by the way, I apologize if the background noise is a little bit high. We're having uh, dinner with some colleagues at lovely Ellis Island in Las Vegas, went for a cheap steak. But um, listen, I expect to see Dubas trade down at the draft, add some extra picks there to try to replenish the Penguins' farm system just a, a little bit faster. I also expect him to see maybe to see him use some of the extra picks acquired to attach to some of the players who aren't so easy to move to move them out. And if you can clear some salary and if you can get a couple extra picks, now the free agent market this year, which it's not great for, let's say, left-handed defensemen. It won't be easy to replace Brian Dumoulin on the same sort of salary scale. It won't be easy to replace Tristan Jari on the same salary scale, right? You're going to have to spend more to replace both. But if you can clear out some salary, now you can begin to add better players now you can begin to add some real guys uh paul i don't know that too many hockey analysts have realized this but 2023 is going to be the last year of the bargain free agents because this is the last year of the flat salary cap beginning next year it's going to spike and after that it's going to spike again and you know in a couple or few years we're probably talking about a salary cap in the 90s not down at 83 million so I think this is the last year you're going to get a guy on a bargain, and, and that probably presents some opportunities for the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I think one of the things that we've seen from Penguins fans is that they have no desire to go through rebuilding. They just don't. And they want a team that's going to be competitive every year, and so they want to know what exactly are you going to do if you're Cal Dubas, to make sure that this team actually gets back into the playoff chase next year? Well, I would disagree with you. I, I've gotten a ton, almost overwhelming calls for a tear-it-down rebuild. Now, my contention is Penguins fans don't understand what that means. And they don't understand what that's like to go through. They assume it takes four years. And by the end of the four years, you're a Stanley Cup contender. And, you know, Detroit... Chicago, Buffalo, Ottawa, the list goes on. I've shown us that it's not a four-year process. It's a six, eight, ten-year process before you're a contender again. And that's if if you get lucky at some point along the way. Uh, But what can you do? I I think they can add – I think they have to reshuffle their blue line. Uh, I think they have to add some more speed back there. But also, if they can find some size that plays a little bit of snarl, you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, Paul, all six defensemen in Vegas are over six feet tall and 200 pounds or more. Five of the six guys are 6'2 and 220. You know, this is why no one can get near their net. This is why a guy like Aiden Hill, who is a journeyman goaltender at this point, looks like Patrick Waugh because they get, you get one shot on him. And the Penguins need to get to that point. Uh, too often the front of their net is, you know, other teams can set up camp there. They also need to add, and Mike Sullivan alluded to this uh, last week, that they can add more speed throughout their lineup 
and, and it's plausible. You don't need expensive guys to add speed anymore. They just need some guys who are fast, who can skate and go get the puck and give it to the talented guys they still have on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing, obviously, that a lot of people talk about is the goalie situation. It really feels to me like, Dan, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels to me like Tristan Jari is going to be the starting goalie of this team next next year and for the next five or six years. It just feels like that's where it's headed. Maybe because I'm out of town for the last six weeks? Uh, I don't have that feeling. I actually have the opposite feeling, like I see Kyle Dubas um, – going a different direction. I think my reading on the situation, and this is purely me watching Kyle Dubas press conference and being in, you know, the Sullivan press conference, etc., is that Mike Sullivan is going to get a big say on Tristan Jari. I don't think Kyle Dubas makes that decision based on a majority of his own gut feeling. I think he bases that decision on a majority of Mike Sullivan's gut feeling. They're going to put, you know, the goaltenders on a, on a big whiteboard, I think they're, they're going to project salaries, availabilities, maybe for a trade or, or free agency, whatever it might be. And they're going to say to Sullivan, okay, you know, do you think Tristan Jari is better than X? Do you want him more than Y? Uh, and, and quite frankly, the, I, I detected a little bit of discord between Sullivan and Jari early in the season. When Jari said, oh, I'm injured, that's why I stink. And Sullivan said, no, he's not injured. From that moment, I, I picked up a little bit of Mike Sullivan kind of setting a tone for Tristan Jari and expecting his goalie to kind of keep it. Uh, and I don't know how happy Sullivan would have been that, that Jari missed so much time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel like maybe I shouldn't say it like this, but it just feels to me like Mike Sullivan really, really likes Tristan Jari, thinks he's his, you know, his goalie and, and, and feels good about him and always talks about how good he is in terms of the things that he does for the Penguins. It oh, feels, he's a number one goalie. There's no question. Right. I mean, if, if, on talent alone, he's he's a top, top ten goalie in the NHL, on talent alone anyway. Right. It just feels like it is one of these situations where – Mike Sullivan is going to will his way in, into you know keeping uh, into keeping Tristan Jari around. Um, if you'd asked me that last summer, I would have agreed with you. I think Tristan Jari earned a ton of respect playing on one foot in Game Seven against the Rangers. Uh, I think Jari gave back some capital this year with you know bad performances or you know excuses or, or whatever whatever happened this season. And I'm not sure exactly what, right? We don't quite know hip, back, ankles, head, uh, all of the above. But he didn't have a very good year. And I'm, as a head coach, I'm sure Sullivan had to be getting a little bit frustrated, not knowing when his goalie was coming to the rink if he could play that day or wanted to, to play that day. So I, I, would, I would maybe caution you a little bit on that. No, absolutely. Well, uh, Dan, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you're very, very busy. I hope you get back to your dinner and have a good time. And uh, we will talk to uh, talk to you soon. All right, Paul. It's always a, always a pleasure. All right, that's Dan Kogarski, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, Joel, you might be a little too young to remember. Do you really do? You, do you, you remember Stan Saverin? Do you, do you know Stan Saverin a lot? Not very familiar with him, but I, I know he was a big Pittsburgh icon. Icon in Pittsburgh sports, without question. But I'll be honest with you, one of my mentors in in this business. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. Obviously, uh, for those of you who don't know, apparently. And I don't know this to be fact, fact, but the fact that it's being reported tells me that it probably is true. I know that thir- uh, Friday night, he uh, Thursday night, he was moved to hospice care. They basically said we couldn't, we can't really do much more for him. So it's not surprising to find out that tonight he died. Um, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about him later. Uh, joining us now is Ray Fittipaldo, the Post Gazette. Ray. Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, the news about Stan Saverin is pretty sad. I know you've probably had a few interactions with him over the years, correct? Oh gosh, Paul. I mean, you know, I'm 50 years old, and uh, I want to say that Stan got to Pittsburgh, started working in Pittsburgh. I want to say like in '75 or '76. So his entire sports journalism career. Um, you know, pretty much spanned my entire life. You know, I, I think I was three years old when, when he came to Pittsburgh. So, you know, from the early days of Channel 4, you know, I, you know, sports beat, you know, on, on KBL. And then, of course, you know, uh, you know, most recently radio and hockey broadcast, baseball broadcast. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's done it all here in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's a sad, sad day. It is, absolutely. I mean, I would I, – you can make a, big, a, a real strong argument that – you know, guy. What was it? Uh, what, did, what did they call it? With guy and Stan, Stan and Guy. Remember Sports Beat. Sports, Sports Beat. Yeah, yeah they, we love the show. Remember people calling Guy Stan. We love the show. That's one of the iconic sports programming that we've had here in Pittsburgh. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I, I, I know. I think uh, Cook and Joe did their broadcast today. Didn't they do it from the uh, the Coach Fazio Myron Cope um, event? Yeah, that was yeah. happening. So yeah. you know, you, you think about um, back in the days when I was growing up. On uh, you know, you had Stan Saverin and you had Myron Cope back to back on on Sports Talk Radio. So I, I know what you're talking about when you say Stan was was one of your mentors. And um, you know, I of course have gone on with Stan. Um, you know, for the last ten, twelve years. Um, you know, doing what I do. So yeah, he, he's an icon, and uh, he will be missed. There's no question about it. Well, you know, it's tough to transition away from that, but, you know, um, the Steelers obviously have minicamp coming up. 
Do you expect at the end of minicamp, Ray, that the Steelers' um, depth chart will be filled out and pretty much ready to go for, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, some of the, the position battles that are going on? No. Um, just knowing Mike Tomlin and the way he does things, the first day we report to training camp, Paul, I believe is the first time he has to release an official depth chart. Actually, it might be a little bit after that. It might be a couple of weeks into camp, and that'll be the first time that we actually see pen to paper, um, you know, what's going on here in OTAs and minicamp and, you know, even the first week or, or, or so of camp. So I don't think they're going to hand Broderick Jones anything at this point. Um, I think that's a ways off, and I, I think the same is true for Joey Porter Jr. You know, I, I think they're going to want um, those guys to earn it in training camp, and I think that's the way it should be. I, I think – you know, those guys should be, um, you know, should be able to prove um, in pads, um, in real football, what it's all about. Um, so, no, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, we'll find anything out this week in, in minicamp. I think that's probably, you know, four to six weeks away once uh, training camp gets here. Will it be a failure if at some point, any point during this season, if Broderick Jones is not the starting left tackle? Uh, yeah, I would be shocked, Paul. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be the first preseason game, the first regular season game. It could be the first week of October, but I I would be shocked at, at some point during the season if Broderick Jones is not the starting left tackle. And assuming he's healthy and that wouldn't happen, um, that would have sent up some red flags for me. So I think he's doing fine. Um it's a big learning process, Paul. He came out as a redshirt sophomore. He's young. I don't think he turns 22 um, until later this month or next month. So, um, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. But, uh, again, I would be shocked if he doesn't earn that job at some point during the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, I think if, it, if he doesn't win it, I think that would be a really, really big indictment in many, many ways, right? That would be a big indictment on uh, the uh, on the on the Steelers draft drafting him in the first round. Yeah, I think the way the, way the NFL is nowadays, Paul, the way um, you know the, the the collective bargaining agreement is set up, you have to find out what you have in these guys pretty early on. You know, I'm not saying he has to, you know, come on and and, and be you know a season left tackle as a rookie, but just the way the CBA is set up, um, you know, these, these teams want to find out what these guys have early in their careers. And you don't trade up in the first round to, in, to get a guy and then to watch him sit the bench. So I think at some point they're going to let him learn on the job. That's really, Paul, the only way he is going to learn. Um, you know, you have to get the playbook down. You have to understand what Pat Meyer wants out of you. You have to sort of grow into that. But, yes, at some point, um, you know, uh, during his rookie season, the only thing the coaches are going to be able to do that's going to help him start is to actually throw him out there and throw him into the fire. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. The question that uh, was put before us uh, last night on Channel 11 was, who is going to be the impact player on offense not named Broderick Jones? I went with Allen Robinson, newcomer. I went with Allen Robinson. How about you? 
Yeah, I mean, among the, I mean, unless you pick Isaac Sayamalu, who's an offensive lineman, that's not really a very sexy pick. Um, you know, I suppose you could have gone with Darnell Washington, the rookie, but I would agree with you. You know, if you if you take the injuries out of the equation and you go back and look at what Allen Robinson did a couple of years ago, um, it's hard to say because of the injuries and because time does lapse fast in the NFL. It's hard to say if he could ever get back to what he was a few years ago, but if you did, that's a really good number three receiver. And they don't even need him to be that prolific guy that he was with the Bears. You know, they just need him to be a, a good number three receiver, a guy who can convert um, third down. And, you know, really, I, th- I think the biggest reason they got him was to be a veteran presence, um, you know, for guys like George Pickens and Calvin Austin, some of these young guys who are up and comers and guys who are going to have bigger roles here, um, you know, as the years go on. So I, I like the Allen Robinson signing. Um, he took some reps in team for the first time last week. That'll probably continue again this week. And I think the expectation is by training camp that uh, he'll be a full go and he should be a full participant um, once they get up to St. Vincent. Uh, there's a school of thought that Kenny Pickett is absolutely going to take the next step because it's the second year. Um, I would be very, very careful with that just because there's a lot of variables. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think Kenny um, is poised for that. Um, he seems ready for that in our conversations with him this spring. But as you know, Paul, there are a lot of variables there. Um, you know, th- does the offensive line pick up where it left off last year? Can Najee Harris stay healthy? Will those young receivers like George Pickens continue to progress and take that next step along with him? And then I think most importantly – and we're going to get a chance to talk to Matt Canada on Wednesday. So, you know, look out for that later in the week. But that'll be our first opportunity to talk to Matt since um, the second week of January, um, since that last week of the regular season. And a lot of it is it's up to Matt, too. You know, how much of the playbook are they going to give him? I know the storyline last year, you know, Kenny Pickett wasn't really free to audible. Um, they didn't even let Mr. Trubisky have the full – full reins of, you know, audibles and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of it's going to be at the Tomlin and Matt Canada. How much do they want to open up the playbook? How much do they want to trust Kenny Pickett? That's probably the biggest variable in that equation. There's no question. I mean, obviously they're going to have to allow him to do that, uh, to throw it a little bit and things of the such. But I feel like, uh, uh, Ray, I feel like Kenny Pickett grew some in the, in the, in the, I guess it would be the, the, the final quarter of the season. I just don't know that that necessarily means that you're going to, you know, uh, turn around and say he's definitely going to take the next step because, as you know, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Well, right. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I think the Raiders game, the Ravens game, um, the, like you said, the last four games of the season were huge for him, you know, making plays in the final two minutes of the game. But you could even go back to the final eight games of the season after the bye where he cut down on his interceptions. And I know that was part of a conservative game plan. He wasn't asked to do much, but really, if you go back to really early November last year, he kind of found out what it takes to win in the NFL. But as you know, Paul, in order to become um, a quarterback who could lead a team to the playoffs, 
eventually you're going to have to step out of that conservative offense and um, make a few more plays and be a little bit more prolific. You know, instead of, you know, throwing um, 20 passes a game for 150 yards and one touchdown, you know, you got to get up to 225 and two touchdowns. And, um, you know, you got to threaten defenses down the field more than they did. So that's a big part of it. Like I said, I, you know, I, I think Kenny um, is in position to, to perhaps take that step. But honestly, I don't think we're going to know really where he is until the season starts. Um, and I, I, again, I think a, a lot of it is going to be up to Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada and how much they trust him and how much they want to put on his plate going into his second season. Uh, Ray, how good can this defense be? I mean, I, I feel like they've made some really good strides in terms of dealing with depth. Uh, could this be a, a defense that is good enough to, you know, drag this team all the way, maybe even to a Super Bowl? Yeah, provided uh, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick stay healthy, I think it can be a top five or top ten defense. Um, now, can can a defense like that carry a team to the playoffs? I, I don't know. I mean, the, the AFC is really stacked. I, I think the offense is going to have to step up and carry more of the load this year. But I firmly believe this defense can hold opponents to under 20 points per game uh, they can create turnovers. I mean, listen, Paul, they created turnovers last year. They tied for the league lead in interceptions with 20, and they didn't have the benefit of a normal pass rush because T.J. Watt was out for so much of the season. So, yes, if they stay healthy, uh, this can be one of the more dangerous defenses in the NFL, and it can also be one of the more stingiest um, on top of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always the, the, the most important que- you know thing about it is uh... – um, you know, when, 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 we talk about defenses, I mean, I've, I've heard people talking about certain defenses. The one thing they didn't do last year, Ray, if they can eliminate this year, I think it'll be a huge improvement regardless of what else happens. They gave up too many big plays last year, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking of the Eagles game, um, right before the bye where they kind of got embarrassed. Um, was that the first play of the game or I know the first series of the game, in Buffalo, you get behind on like a 95-yard touchdown pass. I mean, those things cannot happen again um, this season. Now, listen, did T.J. Watt's absence have a lot to do with the way they played in the first half of the season? Absolutely. But I think that's part of the reason why they fortified their depth during the offseason. Now you have a veteran like Marcus Golden uh, as the number three outside linebacker, whereas last year you really didn't have much behind those guys. And really, I think they did a good job on the defensive line, too. They got more quality depth there. Um, and I, I think the secondary, despite the, the moving pieces and um, some new faces, I, I think that unit also has a chance to be really good. So, yeah, I thought, you know, Omar Khan did a really good job in the offseason. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that kind of bit them last year was the injury bug. And beyond that, I think not being prepared with the proper depth of a lot of those positions. No question. Ray, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for jumping on, and we'll do it again soon. All right. Thank you, Paul. Talk to you later. All right. That's Ray Finnepal of the Post-Gazette. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.